I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How are you now? It is the Theory of Thing Investment Podcast. I am James Whelan, Managing Director of Barclay Pierce Capital's Asset Management Division. I am joined by Heath Moss of HLM Investments. Heath, how are you now? Very well, thanks, James. I uh, hope you're well, and all our listeners are out there are very well as well. Uh, a lot of wells there. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, how, how you been? What you been, what you been up to? Mate, uh, also just a note, we are sponsored by the Australian Mutual Funds Exchange. Thank you for all the help that they have given, and any of the advice that you hear in this is generally in nature, and anything that sounds like advice, it probably isn't either. Now, first off, let's Smashed start. you got to pick a number by – you got to pick a – I said, oh, mate, it's all professional now. I'm doing it. I'm also wearing a tie. <laughs> For mm-hmm. our YouTube listeners, a tie. This is that's I got to get a zoom in on that. Look at that. That's the authentic Pierre Cardon uh, logo. Oh, beautiful! Wow, very fancy. My, belong to my grandfather. I'm wearing it today. Mm. Oaks Day is uh, is on today. The end of, of the Spring Carnival. Uh, mm-hmm. It is 10:36 on the 9th of the 11th, 2023 AD. Now, one of the exercises because I'm always about self improvement, Heath. Always about self improvement, making mm-hmm. myself better, a better person, better management, better advisor better everything better husband better dad better coffee drinker see working well that um i realized uh that i i may not be as savvy with some of the intricacies of football because we've got a big uh sort of a, a big alignment with the sporting world here at barclay Piers. Mm-hmm. that i may not be as uh hang on i've just got someone okay I may, I may not be as savvy with some of the intricacies of the football world. So I understand NRL and that's and that's fantastic. Yep. But And I understand the players and I know the big players and I know what they're doing. But then sometimes for that next level down, I don't exactly know some of the some of the, the other players that are in there or sort of what they do um, or where the positions are that they play. So pick a, pick it up between one of the two. I'm doing a little exercise um, okay. of personal improvement and education here just so that I can keep up with some of the conversations. So pick it up between one and three. <laughs> Two. Picking up between one and three. It's not difficult. What? Two. Two. Two? Yeah. All right. So you're, this is the idea. You have chosen Dane Laurie, who Dane plays Laurie. for, what are, what are the odds? He plays for the West Tigers, which is uh, one of our mm-hmm. key alignments that we sponsor there. He is yeah, a, cool. so, I, so this is what I'm doing. I'm just learning it. Okay. He's a fullback. He's 83 kilos. His junior club was Lower Clarence Magpies. Um, and his debut was in round 13, 2020. Uh, yeah, seems like a great guy. And and that's sort of, okay, so now I know. Now I know that that's him. That's what he looks like. Moving on. See? And you just learn a little bit every day and just make yourself a little bit better for, to, for these sorts of conversations. That's it. Yeah, I suppose actually uh, growing up, uh, obviously I was a, a massive NBA uh, card collector. And I suppose that's how I, I learned a lot of my gear as well. Uh, you know, you collect all these these cards, these thousands of cards and, you know, as a kid, you sat there and looked at them for hours and hours. Um, yeah, and just uh, sticks. That's, just, that, that's yeah. exactly the process. That's exactly what I'm doing here. Just, just to go. You mm. know what? Because I, I know the game and I know the players, but then I sort of, I just need to go further and better into it. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and that's how I, you just got to do flashcards, and and that's exactly what the trading card system is all about. So that's so uh, that's that. 
I'll trade Beautiful. you a I'll trade you a Jack Bird. There you go. I'll trade you a let me know what you want to what you want a Jack Bird traded for and uh, and then we'll come then we'll come back into it. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna check my Beckett. You remember the Beckett magazine that you no, see every, check every month? Yeah, 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 the Beckett I, I, magazine. I don't know what, yep. what value yep. what value you're giving the second rower from uh from the yeah. dragons. Uh mm. I'm not entirely sure what sort of number you put on that, but it's a big one. This is lot this mm. is worth a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. Uh what have you been up to, mate? Uh look I've been actually really, really busy. We went to the I was I was in the city on Saturday morning at uh, around three thirty AM grabbing a mm-hmm. spot for the Adelaide Christmas pageant. Uh, so we had that on Saturday morning. Kids loved it. It was fantastic. Great day out. Um, apart from that, uh, uh, had our daughter's birthday last Friday. Uh, more celebrations this week for that. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. It's just general school stuff. You know how it goes, you know. Got the little ones, you know, everything rolls around them and to get them organised and happy and stuff. So, yeah, yeah but been, been busy, so it's been good. Okay, good. Mm. I um mm. again continue to be amazingly proud of the two girls that I have, um, and what they are doing athletically and and everything they've got. Their scores, their ballet scores came back, and I shouldn't. I'm not allowed to. I'm just going to say they were both extraordinarily good um, scores. Fantastic. That came back. Just the little achievements that they just have of just being not no and, and not even not even oh that's really good for you sort of that sort of thing which is which is great. Improve yep. yourself personally, but we're talking like elite levels for this sort of thing. Yeah. I'm so yeah. proud of what they're doing, which is great. Fantastic. Um, they'll just continue to impress you. And, and it's the thing, as long as as long as you still enjoy it and as long as you still, everything just maintains, don't ever feel any pressure about these sort of things. And even I'm learning as a, as a dad, let's have a bit of a dad conversation if we can, that there's also now this, there's such a big onus on, did you have fun? Are you having fun? Are you enjoying it? It's just like, you know mm. what? It's not even always about having fun. There shouldn't be an onus on having fun either. It should just be. It should just be. If you're getting something out of it, then yeah. that that is as much of an achievement. There's too much of a thing of having fun, and then kids feel like they have to have to pretend like they're having fun, or that that is fun. Otherwise, you don't feel like you've, you know, mum's mum's failed at putting me into this exercise because I'm I'm not having fun. I'm not enjoying it. So now I've got to fake this fun through it, and then you don't really know what sort of relationship mm. you've, you've got coming out there. So now it's it's really just about. If you're getting out with something and putting into it what you what you feel that you are, then that is the exercise done, and that is the achievement in life. Um, yeah. Anyway, and, and yeah. Like this this week, uh, both my boys um, went up another level in their reading uh, levels, um, which we were extremely extremely proud of. And you just see the the uh, the admiration they had for, for themselves on their faces. And you know how proud they were of themselves coming home and telling us that. I mean, you know, mum mum did the pickup, so she got to find out first. And then you know they both ran in the door and told me, and it was it's just fantastic, just little wins like that. And I mean, I don't know if they have fun reading or not. Oh, actually, I know the oldest does; he loves reading. But um, but yeah, they they got something out of it, and uh, they're they're immensely proud of themselves. It was fantastic to see, and we're obviously well, immensely proud of them. So yeah, mm. well so, yeah. done. Now. What have we got Markets. in the markets? Markets. Market wrap with Heath Moss. HLM investments. Push the buttons. Dun, dun, dun. Push, oh, sorry. Push the buttons. buttons. Push the buttons. I was so good last week as well. You were, you were on it the looks board. Looks like we've got, right. got ourselves a little bit of resistance. 
you get a bit of bit of a rally, a bit of resistance there. Look, I mean, it's uh, compared to last week, it's been a, a fairly dull dull week in terms of the markets and even macro news, etc. You get the S and P five hundred up five, uh, about 06 percent so far this week. Nasdaq up one point four. That's after they're up six percent last week. It's a phenomenal rally, the biggest rally of the year so far, the week. Um, but basically, yeah, they're, I think they're on an eight-day winning streak, both the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, so they're looking very good there, but if, probably looking if a little this bit... Morning, I didn't see it. If, sorry, if this morning was up, which I think it was just eked out a little gain, didn't it? Yeah, they did. Yep, they, they both eked nine, out. Nine uh, for NASDAQ, nine for NASDAQ, eight for the S&P, correct? Beautiful. Fantastic. So, sorry, yeah, they're, they're looking... I think they're looking a little bit exhausted here, and, and the way I categorise this, this rally is more of a, a re- relief rally. <laughs> We sort of had soft macro data come in last week, the Fed uh, decision and the speech. So the markets had an overwhelming sense, okay, the Fed is done. Rates rates are done uh, being hiked, and this is all we're going to get. And we've seen the, and I'll bring up the chart for the 10-year um, yield, you've seen that come down from 5% down to about 4.5% where it is now. So yep. I think that this is more about a relief rally. But obviously, we're going to find out what comes, what happens next, what comes out on the other side. And I think that's where a little bit of nastiness creeps in because if the economy is starting to slow and slow significantly, then, you know, earnings are going to deteriorate. And we've already started to see, I think in the first month of October, we saw um, earnings revisions for Q4, so the, the current quarter we're in, um, downgraded by analysts at the fastest rate since 2020. Um, I think they've downgraded them by about 3.9% or something along those lines. So we're starting to see those analysts say, all right, well, things are deteriorating in the economy, so that's going to translate to earnings. And I think that's why this rally isn't sustainable. It's more about those yields and saying, yay, we can, you know, we can bring these lower yields or we can cap the yields in our discounted cash flow models, et cetera, et cetera. And that's great. That's fantastic. But the earnings side of things for 2024, I think, are looking uh, a little bit dire. Well, not dire, but worse than they anticipated. I think they're about they're expecting about 10% in in earnings growth in 2024 for the SP 500, which I feel is way too high. Um, and uh, like I've said for a while, I think in the first half next year is when we start to see a, a US recession begin. And obviously, we don't get confirmation of that until much later. But um, yeah, that, that's where I'm seeing ourselves at the moment. Quickly have a look at the XJO. Um, we we sort of traded, and that, that candle you can see there from today, we've looked a little bit mm. better, um, maybe coming out of a downtrend there. It's too early for, for confirmation. Um, mm. But again, we've seen some pretty good movement here following the US. Our 10-year yields, I'll bring them up as well. Our 10-year yields. I was actually just trying a... to find, while you're at it, I was just trying to find what the, what the Treasury got they're 10 years away and I had the number. They got 40 billion of, of 10 years and I think that they got it away at, I want to feel it was 454. Really? But okay. I had the number and now I've lost the number and I can't get it and I'm, I'm okay. too afraid to ask Marty Wetton because then I get a lecture about how I'm <laughs> supposed to know this stuff. Um... Every time. Seriously. I, I had the number written and now it's it's gone. I don't have my Bloomberg up. No so, yeah, sorry. I don't think uh, any of the listeners are going to really bring you up on that. Um, but you can it's see this. Close, it, no, no. So we're, sorry, just to go on about that, we were talking yeah. about how the, the, the new, um, all of the new stuff that was coming on from Treasury was taking people away. So that the idea of that hmm. being, and I do know that that number that they got away at, the auction price that they got away at was technically lower. 
yeah and where the tenure was trading so it's 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 sort of as interesting to take that in as, as you want as you know uh yep. lower yields means higher bond pricing uh, they do yep. work that way we're uh legally obliged to say that sorry i'll stop getting in the way of your little rap mate go on okay that's fine it's all it all counts it all, it's all important yeah um, so that's the Aussie 10 year we've got up there. Um, and you can see again, down from about 5% to about four and a half percent mark here in Australia, even though the RBA lifted rates this week by 25 basis points, it was a dovish hike. They, they walked back some of their hawkishness from the last statement. Um, and it really, I mean, it's, to me, it's null and void. It's, it's, it's going to target the wrong people and hurt the wrong people. And it's actually probably, you know, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST meant that because the statement that accompanied it, accompanied it, uh, it was so dovish that they may have to go again because, you know, if they kept it really hawkish, then yields probably stayed up and the market starts doing a lot of the work for them. But because market, yeah. you can see their yields have come right down. And I know, I know they're following the US a little bit, but part of that would be their RBA dovishness where we saw the US, uh, the Australian dollar come off against the US as well. Um, I think you know because of that that commentary, they're going to have maybe going to have to go again. So, if they if that's the stance they're going to take, but I, like I've said, I, I expect Australia is slowing significantly, and we've already seen that in the data, and we didn't need this hike by the RBA, but that's a whole different story. So, but uh, yeah. that's about it. We haven't we really got nothing in the macro side of things this week uh, in terms of news. Oh, sorry, actually, I'll talk about that a little bit after when we talk about oil. I've got uh, some okay, data the- there. Well, the, I, I hosted a podcast for Ensemble because they get me into to host their advisor series podcast. I'm the voice of the advisor, apparently. So thank you for all of your support. Um, and, I, you know, it's an honour. Anyway, Jodie Fitzgerald on there. So she's Morningstar's head of institutional allocation, I think it was, but I, I had that up in front of me a second ago. Again, um, but anyway, so she's just um, resigned from Morningstar amazingly this is just a bit of scam a bit of gossip news she's resigned from morningstar it's all good it's all so they've still got her out there everything's fantastic um but she's starting with australian retirement trusts you love this position newly created role head of portfolio resilience resilience i'll get into that in a second but anyway so she did mention in this podcast and, and please listen to that podcast when it does come out in a few probably months time that um or still at the RBA, that she said it was it, it, the, the, the disconnect, or so there was a little bit of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not uh, incongruity with yep. the way that they gave that message. That, that if they're going to hike, hike hard and say we're still going hard, she yeah. said it's going to be a, a, this really indecisive market of, of yeah, they've hiked, 
then they're going to look at the data. So that seems a bit weak, you know, because potentially it could be off. And, and, and she said it's going to be really wishy-washy, just what you just said. Um, so it's 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 good to be to have the endorsement of um, quite a high. Yeah, exactly. Some someone much smarter than myself. <laughs> in other news, in other news, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. the Australian Retirement Trust is putting their uh, their portfolio resilience role. Now that that being with the fact that ART, I mean growth by acquisition, but also growth just through natural um, acquirement, is going to be, she said, five hundred billion. So it's going. It's going to go from two fifty. Yeah, it's going to go. From, I think it's two fifty now to go up to about five hundred. I think is where they're sort of ballpark ballparking it. This isn't confidential stuff either. That's general estimations. Uh, but so she said, there's going to be stuff that we physically will need to be able to make sure that we're on top of. So it's not. It's 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 more than just position risking. It's 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 like everything risking and correlation, everything that goes to it, just from basically from the size that they're going to be having in front of them. It's a phenomenal thing. ART just yeah. goes from strength to strength. Um, it does. Brian's, yes. Brian's a good guy. I don't think he listens to us, but if he is, Brian, mate, um, yeah, you're all right. Uh, what else you got? Uh, should we look at oil? Oil. oil? Oh, hang yeah, on. I was going to just follow up with what you said. Hang on a sec. I'm going to switch up. Go for it. Bearish bets backfire amid the everything rallies. This is a few days ago this happened. You're talking about just sort of the market springing up and what it was springing up. Yeah. Traders. Betting on equity declines, suffer losses as the most shorted stocks rally. The short squeeze has been crazy. I've got a chart here showing that. Sure has. That week, that first week in November was that spring. The basket of the most shorted stocks had the highest rally since January last year. 12.5% there? Yeah. Roughly? No, January yeah. January this year. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty significant. Um, so... Don't don't be on the wrong side of it because the market always goes up. Anyway, okay, back to you. Sorry. Um, we'll check out oil. Um, now there we go. So that's uh, WTI. Uh, one of my trend lines yep. are coming in. Don't know why, but uh, WTI. There we go. Um, nice. Coming coming right off. Really really softening there. We saw that rally on the back of um, probably uh, you know a bit of uh, bullishness around the US economy. Um, then we had the Israel conflict um, and just, uh, you know, high demand for oil. But things have really turned around there now. Um, and we're seeing quite weak demand for oil from all parts of uh, uh, the globe. Uh, we're seeing uh, the EU is expected to be in a recession by the end of this year now. Um, China is really soft and drawing down from their own stockpiles anyway. Um, flight, uh, what do you call it, uh, flights and holidays and travels, et cetera, have not uh, recovered to levels pre-COVID fully yet. So that's why the demand there is seen as a bit soft. Uh, the US, um, now I've got to get these stats right. There was a really good stat that came out from the US Energy Informa uh, Information uh, Administration. They said in 2024, they expect the Americans will each consume 402 gallons of fuel next year. So that would be the lowest in two decades and 15% below the levels in 2004. So... We're seeing a U.S. economy become very, very soft. And obviously, you've got a substitution effect here too because obviously there's there's a lot, you know, we rely more on uh, wind and solar and, and uh, all those sorts of things now. Electric vehicles may be having an impact as well on that demand, especially on the fuel side, given I think they've got about a 7 or 8% penetration right now in the U.S. Um, so it was just thought that was really interesting and it sort of backs up this softish, softish notion on oil and where it's headed 
and I'll bring up Brent. Brent's the same. First time it's been below eighty since July, I think that is. Colossal candles there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It been and it, and and the, the whole you know a few weeks ago uh, or a couple of months ago, the whole scenario was you know oil was hitting a hundred bucks again. It's going much higher. Inflation, yada yada yada. But it's it's turned right around. And and I said yeah. a, a while ago, and at the time I said I didn't expect that to be the case. Things demand is looking too soft. Um, there is an energy glut even in the US. Uh, sorry, EU the um. The uh, gas futures have come right off again because uh, warmer yeah. weather, and they've they've got plenty of in- inventory. So, looking right. quite weak there for energy. Yeah, looking quite weak there okay. for energy. Well, I got, I, I, I'll put my hand up and say I, I definitely called that around the wrong way. I think that long term, I'm still still very bullish oil. I but agree. Yes, yes. Hey, that's a cut. That's a cut there um, on that one. If I was still involved in the intricacies right. in the day to day sort of bits and pieces, bits and pieces like that. As opposed to trying to run an asset management team, which sort of takes me away from the the day to day of this sort of thing. What mm. there was something else that I was going to put up on my little thing, and then we get into the putty, and then we'll get the heck out of here. Uh, November, November's great. November's great, and look, I love this. This is from the big list of very confusing things I put up here. This is Ryan Dedrick, CMT, um, mm-hmm. who is over at Carson. Midterm elections were a year ago. Stocks have never been lower a year later. We noted this, but many told us about yield curves, LEIs, inflation, quad four, whatever that is, and more. Um, that's a quad witching sort of whatever it is that everyone got freaked out about. A year later, the S&P 500 is up 14.1%, exactly the average return since World War II. The S&P performance <laughs> one year after the midterm elections is on average up 14.1% after 12 months later. Happened again, happens again. It's the average. It is there. Do not listen to the nonsense that you hear all the time. Markets usually go up, um, yes. especially yes. when they are down. Now, over to the football. I finally managed Actually, to get... Quickly, before footy, I think we need to cover the uh, the um, Aussie banks. Um, they've oh, yeah, I'll cover them quickly. Do you want to chuck, a, chuck the screen back up again? Uh, I've just got Macquarie's uh, chart up there. So we've had Macquarie, cool. uh, Westpac, and NAB all report their uh, earnings. And Macquarie's were their first half. Um, they were down 49% and they missed consensus by considerably, uh, a considerable amount, about 15, 20% miss. Um, now, that was basically on the back of higher taxes um, and higher costs. Um, basically, it's been categorized as a hangover from extremely good years of 2020 through to 2022, where markets were volatile, lots of trading, um, lots of merger and acquisition activity, yada, yada, yada. So that's where they are seeing it. It's categorized as a hangover. And they expect it to be very short-lived um, and then earnings to grow again um, next year in, in 2024. So um, whilst it was uh, a pretty soft report, um, they, they also announced, a, I think, a $2 billion buyback, which helped. So I like Macquarie down here. I think I'll back management in and see their earnings growth again. Um, and quickly, we'll have a look at Westpac. I won't worry about NAB because they came out this morning. I haven't looked at them properly yet. But uh, had a uh, big uh, lift in uh, earnings. I think it was about 26%. Increased dividends as well. Um, another buyback as well. I think theirs was $1.5 billion. So there's a theme here with all of the banks and NAB have their buyback as well. You know, it got a lot of excess capital on the sheets. Um, and uh, the positive thing is also we're seeing uh, 90-day arrears. Whilst they're lifting, they're not coming up anywhere near um, pre-COVID highs or even COVID highs uh, when we had, uh, you know, all the lock-ins, et cetera. So um, they're really, we're not seeing too much stress on the balance sheet yet of the Aussie banks. Um, we've still got about half of the rollovers from the uh, fixed mortgages to come, but 
overall they're looking solid. But again, I can't really get excited about the Australian banks outside of Macquarie and maybe CBA in this current environment where loan growth is quite quite benign, and you do have those headwinds moving forward of that that uh, rollover while the race, rates are high. So that's the Aussie banks. Well done. That was the Aussie Beautiful. bank report. All right, quick Beautiful. footy tips to go. I've got Dank Dank, my boy Dank Trader four thousand has he's come back. back. Uh, Beautiful. He's back after after the, he he thought that we were recording on the Friday instead of the Thursday or whatever. So oh. that's it, um, mate. He's gone some pretty rough ones this week. He's got one suggestion: Green Bay uh, one to thirteen. I hate the one to thirteen. It's Green Bay one to thirteen at Pittsburgh uh, against Whoa. the Steelers. Uh, he's it's three dollars. It's it's powerful. Wow. It was when he sent it. I haven't checked the odds. That's the lock of the week. After well, he managed to get a whole bunch. What have you got? I've got the other side of that. I've got to, my bet of the week is uh, Steelers to cover the line at uh, negative three and a half uh, at home versus the backers. Uh, well, mate, we've, we've got, got ourselves we've got ourselves a bet there, cheeky boy. Yeah, we do. It's we'll on. See. It's on Dank. We'll it's on Dank Trader. <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll see how it is. But that is that is rough as guts on that one. Is that tomorrow or is that just sometime over the weekend? Uh, I don't right. know. I don't think it's tomorrow. No. Okay. Uh, look, that's been the podcast for us. Thank you very much for joining us. My name is James Whelan. Barclay Pierce Capital Asset Management, and I have been joined by Heath Moss of HLM Investments. Thanks, Heath. Thanks, uh, thanks, mate, and uh, have a good weekend, everyone. Have a good weekend, everyone. Stay safe, Mark. Well. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 